Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works. One of the great accounts in the Bible is a story about a descendant of the priest, Levite priest of the temple whose name was Phineas. And the question I want to answer is, why did Phineas atone for Israel when he threw his javelin at the Israelite man and the Midianite woman in the tabernacle and turned the plague? Well, first of all, Phineas did not commit an act of murder because an act of murder is acting on your own. Um, it is premeditated taking of a life without any authority. Now, if you are a soldier and you are in a mission-critical operation necessary to secure certain goals, military goals, you are authorized to take life. Now, if you went out and went into a community and took life without a mission and without authorization, you've committed murder. Phineas did not commit murder. He was doing uh, what God would wanted him to do. And this is not a form of insanity because this was something that the law of Moses required when the Israelite man had defiled the tabernacle with the Midianite woman. And so Phineas was rewarded by God for his act. It was the authority of God that well, killing was done. There's only two entities that can kill, governments and God. Now we know that the God destroyed the Assyrian army, 185,000 by a destroying angel in one night. And he also destroyed the Egyptian army who was pursuing the Israelites after their escape from Ramsey and fleeing into the wilderness. We also know that he destroyed 256 princes of Israel when they sought to usurp power from Moses. So there are many case points where the Lord has acted um, and caused plagues or disruptions or natural calamities to come upon the wicked. The Lord destroyed many of the cities in the Book of Mormon prior to Christ's second coming as a result, uh, some of them, of serious transgressions to his laws. So Phineas was not punished. In the story, God told him not to enter the tabernacle because there was a plague in its skirts. This means that if Phineas had entered the tabernacle, the plague would have spread to the tabernacle and the priests and the people would have been killed. So this is an act of mercy. Phineas is, uh, is following the commands of the Lord. Now you notice that Phineas was rewarded by God for his act. 
and God sends an angel who then explains that the plague is in your skirts. This means if Phineas had entered the tabernacle, the plague would have spread to the tabernacle and the priest and the people would have been killed. So why is it so harsh in the Old Testament? It is very harsh because they were somewhat a rebellious people and the law, God is justice, and the law had been enumerated with harsh consequences. And so when they violated the law, the consequences of those actions would follow. And some of the punishments were calamities. And those calamities then brought punishment upon the people, which then brought them back to a state of humility and a desire to repent. And once they repented and turned back to the Lord, he was no longer acting as a jealous God because he would not ignore the transgressions of his people. Um, one of the things that was said was that he had acted wisely in carrying out what thou hast been told to do. And who were the Midianites? This is what I find kind of interesting. And what was this uh, Bel Peora plague? Well, the Zinonites or Sinonites were descendants of the Phoenicians, and the Zinonites were famous for the wisdom. Phoenicians were under the king of Hiram, and he assisted Solomon in the construction of the temple. Phoenicians were famous for their skills in astronomy, merchant um, navigation. They, they sailed the oceans. There's evidence that the Phoenicians arrived in the Americas pre-Columbus. Um, as evidenced by their language and some of the symbols that they left. But one of the great vices of the Phoenicians were that they worshipped Dagog, or the fish god. And in other cases, they uh, were Baal worshippers. They had worshipped Baal, the god of war, and Asheroth, the god of fertility. And those, those false gods brought upon them the anger of the Lord, and judgments. Now, the, they were very skilled in astronomy, and, the, and some of the astronomers would, we know in the Mayan that they watched Venus, and there's, a, there's an astronomical observatory that has windows that are pointing towards Venus, and they were watching the movement of Venus. But they believed that the Sidians watched Jupiter, and um, and that may have be related to their worship of Baal and Ashroth. And Baal then becomes the persona for Hercules. And we know that the Greeks then um, idolized Hercules for his great strength. His, he was a man of war. 
but he was also immoral in many cases with those who were around him. So the story of Hercules is not just the hero's journey, but it uh, highlights the bridge between the gods and the mortals and Hercules' quest to um, gain control over humanity. So there, there was a licentiousness and there was a immorality associated with the people of Belpiora. And this is in the land north of Lebanon. So that they practiced their, their groves and so forth in that region. And God was a jealous God, did not want them to consort with the people of Moab, nor to join them in their, uh, their worship of the false god. And he states that, the Lord states that, that uh, um, um, in his, in Numbers, that they are not to join in those uh, idolistic practices. Just like we are not to join in the um, things of the world. We separate ourselves from the world and search out the things of God and follow him. He's our true and living God and we want to be on his uh, about his errands and about his service. And the Lord had cho- had proven to the Israelites that he was their God. He led them out of Egypt. He led them to the promised land for those who um, had not rebelled against him in the wilderness when they had largely died off, the next generation was allowed into the promised land. And they worshipped a form of Baal in the wilderness and brought upon them the judgments of God, which was the forfeiture of them entering into the promised land. And so you can see this rebellion within the house of Israel and that rebellion causing judgments to fall upon them And so when Phinehas threw the javelin uh, through the Israelite man and into the belly of the Midianite woman, he had atoned for Israel. And as a result, the plague was turned and Israel was saved because justice was coming down upon the heads of the Israelites And the plague would have destroyed and killed them all. Um, Moses was the wasn't the lawgiver. Jehovah was the lawgiver, but Moses was his prophet, and he gave and wrote the laws that Jehovah gave him the Ten Commandments, and those laws also governed the civil punishments for violation of things that related to 
business transactions between each other. And also to moral laws, which Jehovah established, such as not stealing or lying or committing adultery. And he states that he is a jealous God and that transgressions of his laws would not go unnoticed. Um, and so when I read this, the account of Phineas, I think about it as a uh, important because it teaches me that God does not ignore his people, number one. Number two, that I have an obligation to be honest with the Lord at all times. And number three, to protect and keep sacred the things that are sacred uh, to God. And to preserve that, the sacred, within my own belief systems and in my behaviors and my choices. And not to pursue the God's of Baal, which are power, um, greed, opulence, control, commerce, materialism, and to carefully consider the ways of Jehovah, which are peace, prosperity, multiplication, insight, wisdom, increase. And what was Jehovah planning for House of Israel? He, Paul teaches that if the Israelites had been true to the commandments of the Lord and had proven themselves to be valiant, then they could have been uh, become like the city of Enoch. And as the accounts of the city of Enoch are so powerful, they could have received an internal inheritance, a glory that exceeded this earth, the heavenly city. And Jerusalem was modeled after the heavenly city, and it was thought to be the heavenly city. Um, but as the Jews did not fulfill all of their promises to Jehovah, they did not become the heavenly city. And that does not occur until later when they are restored back their covenants with Jehovah and his glory is returned back to Jerusalem and at that time, when Christ comes in the second coming as the God of the Old Testament and as the God of the New Testament, the mortal Messiah, as he unites the doctrines and also unites the prophecies of all the prophets, 
and saves his people, then he will usher in his millennial reign as the Lord of Lords and destroy all of the false gods of Israel. And that will be the great deliverance, maybe more so than the deliverance from their enemies in the wars. There'll be the fighting and stuff of Armageddon. But the real great deliverance is the deliverance from the adversary. The spiritual deliverance that he will provide. And that will be such a relief both to the righteous and a relief to the wicked because the wicked are pursuing a course of futility. They can never have increase, eternal increase, and they cannot join in the heavenly kingdom. So to rebel is to lose everything. And that, to me, is the reminder of the justice of God because you see the operation here of Phineas for atoning it for Israel as an act of God and as the descendants of the Levite lineage they knew the law they read the law to the people and in this case they acted to save the people and there were um, powerful entities perhaps, as the Bible says, angels, which were ready to execute the law. So the law itself did not save the people. It was the act of a righteous man following the commands of God that saved the people. He atoned for the people. And as a result for that, Israel was preserved from the wrath of God.